Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Onside Chicks. I'm your host, Kaylee Chikoski, and I'm here with Jordan Arard Coupe. We're back. We're back on a Saturday. We nice. had, I was telling Jordan before the show, I've had the week from hell. Yeah. Um, it's been, it was a lot to unpack, honestly, because I saw you just a week ago. Yeah. And everything was going fine. And then, and then today we, we kind of unloaded a lot. It's been tough. It's been a long week. It's like I'm in the process of moving all of my belongings somewhere else. So I'm like, the fact that I'm here sitting here, I'm like, I'm I'm proud I survived. I'm I'm okay. We've I'm okay. made it. We've made it. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Aaron Rodgers again. I would it be and would it be a week of NFL offseason without talking about Aaron Rodgers drama? I mean I, isn't it's so ironic too because we talk about him every single week, <laughs> yes. and yet we have nothing new. It, it has been the same conversation. We made it to the point on the day where he had the option to opt out, and he didn't. Yeah. So we, I felt like that was going to bring me some sort of relief, and honestly, it really hasn't. Because now, especially after his golf tournament, where they're like, "Who's who's going to be the quarterback of the Packers?" and he's like, "I don't know. I don't know." Yeah. Yeah wild a wild thing to say also like i mean congrats to him and bryson dechambeau you did it you beat tom brady love that for you love Um, it for you aaron Rodgers. um he could be a pro golfer now for all i know because we've got jeopardy pro golfer like the list of the list of (laughs) other careers that he could go and do instead of be in the nfl this season is endless really it's concerning yeah, it, it is. Um, it's not great. Um, but I guess because this really changed my opinion of what he would do. I, I guess we talked about opting out. We talked about retirement. All of the options. I guess retirement is still on the table. Um, at any point in time, obviously. But yeah. but I guess has this changed what you think is going to happen for Aaron Rodgers? <sighs> All right, so I'm just going to keep reiterating what I I am still living in my ideal world where he comes back to Green Bay and is the quarterback for the Packers. That has been what I've been telling myself this entire offseason. So him not opting out, that tells me that that is still a possibility. Is it looking that likely? Like that is kind of what I have to keep discussing with myself because I genuinely don't know I feel like him I'm gonna say him not opting out leads me to believe he's going to come back I feel mm-hmm. like that was the perfect situation for him because see then he gets the whole year and it's not and not that retiring is permanent but it's definitely more I feel like once you get to that point the chances of you coming back are a lot more slim so if he opted out for the year He could have taken that time to kind of get everything out of his system and then see if he actually is happier not playing or if he wants to fully retire. Now that he hasn't done that, I feel like it's either going to be retire altogether or come back and play. So I'm still sticking with Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Okay. I I mean, I would agree with you. I think – I'm leaning more toward coming back and playing than I was before. Um, Because when you look at the money that he would have made by opting out, obviously, if you retire, you're really entitled to nothing. But if you opt out, you are entitled to some. 
Um, so I thought that if he wasn't going to play or if he was thinking about retirement, maybe like you said, you, you play in the opt out waters, right? You, you dip your toe in, you see how it feels. You decide if you want to come back, you decide if you want to retire. And then from there, you've got plenty of options. You're still making money. You can still go out and golf. You can do whatever you want to do. Right. Um, I guess my only question is, and we've talked about this, the Broncos, obviously, I think there was some talk on draft night about the, the hype was real, right? For for Aaron yeah. Rodgers to the Broncos because they passed on Justin Fields, made a really weird decision at number nine. And it seemed like a sure thing because why in the world would you pass on Justin Fields if you don't think you're going to get Aaron Rodgers, right? So I'm wondering exactly. if they're still looking at him as an option. I'd assume they've been in some sort of talks with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers this entire time at some level, right? Maybe not extensive, like, let's put pen to paper, but at least something and keeping that yeah. communication open. But do you think that they're still even considering him as an option at this point? I think it would be idiotic for them not to be. If Aaron Rodgers is still on the table, that is something, like you said, even if it's not consistently calling them every day, but still kind of whispering in their ear a little bit, whispering in his ear, talking to his agents, getting the feel out there and letting... I feel like the most important thing for them to do would at least to just let him know that they would do whatever it takes to get him, which if they're not already doing that, they should be because the door is still wide open. There's no decisions made. We have no way. And there's still so much that could happen. I mean, we're less than a month away from training camp. So it's not like they have ample time, but you still have time. Anything is still possible. We've seen deals done. We've, there have been deals made with way less time. So anything can happen. But yeah, I think until Aaron Rodgers either says I'm retiring or I'm going to be a Green Bay Packer and I'm not taking any other offers, the Broncos should be there every step of the way following right behind just in case yeah. something slips and they can slide right in there. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and you think about the power that Aaron Rodgers holds right now because he's the best option for both of these teams, right? And like yep. you look at yep. the Broncos, like Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater don't get me that excited. Jordan Love doesn't get me that excited. But when you look at where these teams are, right, other than the quarterback situation, the green the Packers are a little lean, and we've talked about that. They've missed a lot of opportunities in free agency in the draft, but you know, both of these teams are playoff contenders and potentially Super Bowl contenders if you figure out the quarterback situation. Absolutely. And we saw that last year in Green Bay. I think a lot of people believe that about Denver at this point, just seeing the other talent they have on their team, what they could accomplish if they had a competent quarterback under center. So Aaron Rodgers has the keys to the kingdom for either of these cities, right? Because who else are they going to get at this point? There's not a lot, of, there's no other free agent quarterbacks that are going to be at that level. So at this point, he's your best option for either of them. And at this point, you have to both prepare as if he's not going to be there. So it's a really awkward situation because I, I really truly believe that he could ride this out until the last day before the season or the last week before the season starts and be like, I'm ready and pick either of these teams, go and then be the starter day one, right? Because yeah. But it's awkward because now you've been treating like you have to approach practice as Jordan Love is our is our QB one or whoever in Denver is our QB one, right? Like you have to go into those situations treating every practice as if someone else is your quarterback. But at any moment, Aaron Rodgers can walk in and be the guy. Yeah. And so it's crazy how much power he holds as an NFL quarterback and as someone who really hasn't attended one team event 
at all this offseason. Yeah. And honestly, like when you're looking at that, it could be not only just Denver and Green Bay, but he could hold the power for a lot of teams that are looking for that last final piece. And we might not even know are really in talks with Aaron Rodgers. So it's it's exciting. We have a comment. I, for one, am okay if Rodgers hangs it up. Um, I mean, look, like we said, we love to see him thrive, but we're not ready. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, this is where I get super selfish with him because I keep saying, obviously, I want what's best for him. And obviously, I want him to be happiest. And if retirement where he can go off and kind of just live his life however he pleases, take on all of the other opportunities that have been handed to him. Obviously, I want that for him. But at the same time, I'm not ready to watch. All the, like, I'm just, I, I, I wish I would have known like kind of more seriously that that would have been his last game because I would have appreciated it more. Right. Like I needed some, like Drew Brees, we kind of got a feeling for it. We felt that. We and knew. we cried. We cried yeah. for a week looking at the pictures of him, like looking Leave back on the, on the Superdome. Even, it was a whole thing. Not even this, like even last season, I appreciate because I thought that could have been the last game. And then we got a whole nother year. Aaron Rodgers just had an MVP season. Like I thought there was a chance he might not be in Green Bay, but retirement wasn't even on the table until, like, realistically for me, until a couple weeks later when we really started not hearing from him. So, at yes, I want what's best for him, but I would be a mess if he comes out to today or tomorrow and is like, I'm retiring, I'm never playing again. I'd be yeah. very sad. Yeah, and and I think at this point, like, He's experienced everything he can do outside of football. Maybe not everything, but he's had a he's had a dream he's got of an a option, right? Like yeah. he, right, he's done Jeopardy. He was in Hawaii. He's got a new relationship. Like there's a lot of options for him. So I do think that if he was going to fully retire, call it quits, it would have happened already. And I, yeah. I'd like to think that, but it's like at what point, as a Broncos fan, are you just like, all right, I don't even care. Like I don't yeah, care. If, like like at this point, like just it is what it is. Like I don't I care feel about like your you, you can't give up until can't, yeah like I feel like they're still hanging on to this slim hope because it's there like there is still a very real chance that is a realistic possibility yeah yeah I feel you and crazy to think about yeah it's so cra well yeah and it's it's crazy too because I think the the feeling around this situation would be so different if it didn't all unfold on draft night. Like yep. if it wasn't so hyped, if it wasn't like we could get a trade tonight and we're all like sitting there waiting, if that didn't ever happen, right? If it was just kind of like the Broncos maybe had a later pick, there wasn't a lot of like natural options at quarterback or it just made sense for them to go in a different direction in the draft, then maybe we all wouldn't be so tired of this. But at this point, it's like we've been waiting since draft night on the edge of our seats to hear what's going to happen, watching everything he does, everything he says. And now it just feels like it, it feels just too dramatic for my yeah. case. Um, I'm just a Bears fan, tired of Packers dominance. <laughs> Look, I appreciate the Chicago fan base more than a lot of other ones because you guys need a, a long hug. Rogers should go play for Washington. We love Washington here. Yeah, we do. So. <laughs> 
I, there we like, love a lot of teams here, but there, yeah, it's part of our maturity. Um, Washington is probably the team that I'm most scared of in my mm-hmm. own division. I can't help but appreciate them, though. My other, my dad's whole side of the family too are diehard Washington fans, so I I respect them and I mm-hmm. love everything that's going on. That honestly would be sick. Imagine if you have Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Fitzmagic on one team together. I'm loving it. I'm loving That'd it. That'd be unreal. The vibes um, are unmatched of that that duo. Oh yeah, no, that would be <laughs> unreal. That would be the best team to ever be on. I just feel like the vibes would be so good. This is a no. I'm gonna say. Yeah, this is a no. I was gonna say, Kaylee, you can you can run away with this one. <laughs> there will never be a team. I don't care what how dire the situation is. There will never be a team that I wish that on. Right? I don't care if the Titans. Like I don't even care if the Titans quarterback vacancy opens up. Wow. I don't I don't want that for Tennessee. I don't want no, that. Great. I don't want anyone, anyone to have to experience what I experienced for five years. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. You that's a large that portion Tennessee. Of- you no. hate Tennessee. I know. That's how much I don't want that for anybody. Wow. Like the fact that he is a quarterback that still exists in the NFL. Is a wild thought. It's a wild thought. It's wild. It's wild. I I like to assume that we're not going to see him ever again in action, but I could be wrong because he's like, he's just like, I don't know, like a gnat you can't quite get rid of. It's just like hanging around and lingering. But um, no, don't let him take Fitz's last job. No, I Washington has way too many quarterbacks, and none of them are long term situation but i just i don't think they would go out and get rogers it just would be cool yeah someone said will we will watson ever play football again this is a little this is a veer away from aaron Rodgers, but um yeah this we've is, talked <laughs> about this yeah a loaded question um it is i think there is still a lot that has to be i think it's way too early to determine one way or the other and we've talked about this because we've gone extensively into his whole situation. And I think what we concluded, both of us, was that we still have so much to unpack on both sides. There still is so much that needs to come out. There's a lot of investigations that need to be done, a lot of people that need to be talked to. So I think it's too early to make a determining factor either way. So I think we just got to see kind of how everything plays out and then yeah. take it from there. I'll say, based on what I've seen ever since the news started to unfold and investigations started happening, what I'll say about the response by agents, team, the team, other people around the situation, I'm not confident that he will will play this year <laughs> or maybe even yeah. the next season. Um, I'll say that. It doesn't, at first, um, there was a lot of, like we said, things up in the air. We didn't know a lot of things. It could have really gone either way. As things have started to unfold over the you know course of time that we've been dealing with this, it's uh, <laughs> not looking great. Uh, yeah. Just from an external point of view, obviously, we don't know anything. But I would assume he will play again. Yeah. I just don't know how soon it will be. Because I think there's a lot of room, specifically in the NFL, to come back um, regardless of certain things and and things you've done outside of football. So uh, yeah, I think he will play again, but not this season. If I had to guess, Um, I would bet my life that we do not see him this season. 
yeah, we will talk about this. Who should sign? Ooh, this is a perfect segue. It is a perfect segue. Let's get into it. Are we getting into it now? Let's get into it. All right. So there are still, I was in, I'm in the Scott Fishbowl fantasy event. Um, and we were doing our draft this week. And when I tell you, I was looking through, I was shocked by how There's many people, like I forget how many people have yet to be signed. There are still so many big name free agents on the market. And like I said, we are less than a month away from training camps. It yeah, feels it's, weird. It's wild. And there are it's, teams. It's weird. Um, Eagles, Giants, Jets, Lions. There are so many teams that should be making moves and could be making moves. Um, the fact that some of these guys are still available is mind-boggling. Yeah, if I had to guess, it's a lot about the price. Because when you look at some of these names, I could see where the asking price might be above what they're worth at this point well, in their careers. Yeah, um, and I think that's a, yeah, and that's a Richard Sherman kind of bread and butter situation, right? Because yep. he's this all pro guy. He's holding out for the right situation, the right team, the right money, everything. But like, he's the best at his he, position on the market, but is he worth the price he's asking? I don't know. That'll probably change the closer we get. Either he's mm-hmm. going to be willing to take a lower pay or teams are going to get desperate for someone in that position as they look at their roster more closely. And maybe they are going to be willing to kind of throw some extra cash at him closer to training camp. But yeah. I don't know. What do you think about Richard Sherman? I just feel names like Richard Sherman, Larry Fitzgerald. These are guys that, deserve like what I don't want to see happen is they don't get signed and we just don't see them again because they deserve to at least have one final season after everything they've done and everything we've seen obviously they're at the ends they're older injuries play a big factor but they deserve to at least have one last season where we can say goodbye Mm -hmm. I agree and and I agree that they're probably they deserve more money just because they're I'm choking Don't just die. because of their names and everything that they have accomplished. Not that they're going to come out and be they're not, They won't come out and be the saving grace for any team. So I do think they have to go to a team with a more complete roster where they can kind of just be the cherry on top or a mentor to mm-hmm. some of the younger guys. But I do think that they deserve to be somewhere great. That's going to appreciate them and kind of be their last leg before retirement. Right. And I think this comment is spot on. You People are reluctant to pay older players and it makes sense. Like, cause like you said, they're not going to come in. They're not going to make a ton of difference at the end of the day. But I think yeah. people, and this goes for owners, coaches, fans, um, everyone, but players really probably really undervalue locker room presence and having a veteran presence and experience and people that, um, people that have been there, right? They've done it. They've been in these situations, especially on teams that have younger rosters, but are primed to go to the playoffs. It seems like those are the kind of teams where you want to put someone like Richard Sherman, right? Someone who has that experience can be a mentor, can be a voice in the locker room, be a leader and, and right. Go out in the way that I think fans deserve players deserve. That's why I kind of think it's going to be more. A team is going to realize like they have, the means to make some of these deals happen and it's just going to be closer to camp than I think anyone would be comfortable with. But at the end of the day, I think 
no shade for holding out because very much very much like deserved on the money front for a lot of these guys and and i think everyone's very impatient in the nfl now teams are impatient Mm -hmm. owners are impatient everything seems like a win now situation and there are a handful of teams really building the right way who are investing their money into players that are really talented regardless of their age or their experience but uh, most teams in the league are just impatient they want to win now especially the ones that haven't won in a long time they want that immediate satisfaction and a lot of these older guys aren't going to bring that and yeah larry fitzgerald playing for anyone other than super weird outstanding it would it would be weird um who else is on this list that stands out to you well there's one and this is me being a little biased just because i really want him to be an eagle um steve nelson 28 Mm. however i think especially with our current situation i just think he would be like we need him so bad and he keeps hinting at us he's replying to eagles beat reporters when they're posting articles about how great he would be here with laughing emojis or eagles what are we doing about our cornerback situation yep he's replying and it's like come on like stop toying with my emotions because i think we would really appreciate you we really need you um but that's a big name now this one kind of dug his own grave but Le'Veon bell yeah (laughs) yeah do we want to talk about we can Um, talk about this yeah yeah uh, I think it is a major red flag to bash Andy Reid. And I'm not, I, I, I don't want to completely throw him, Le'Veon Bell, under the bus. I, I'm not saying, just because I love Andy Reid and 99.9% of people also love Andy Reid, I'm not going to take away. Maybe they did have beef between them. Maybe they didn't get along. But I'm just going to say it. I I think if you have beef with Andy Reid, I feel like that's more of a you problem. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, he seems like and he's had issues with coach. He's got it together for the Chiefs. They have the perfect system working. There were t- when he was with the Eagles, it wasn't always 100% ideal. Playoffs especially, he kind of fell off the rails a little bit. But as a player's coach, someone that most, if not all, I want to say people respect. So I think for you to come out on Twitter bashing one of the best people ever, um, I think it's it's going to steer teams away from wanting to work with you. And continuous issues, right? Because this isn't yeah. the first time, and like you said, that lowered production over. Right. Right. You're not worth the drama anymore at this point yep. that comes along with you. And it's tough because it's like you everywhere he goes, he has these issues. And I get it. Not every player is going to fit in every system. Not every person is going to love someone that everyone else loves. It's just the nature yeah. of life, right? Like you're not going to be for everyone. Someone is not going to be for everyone, even if they're highly liked. And this is a great point. I don't know how you can hate Andy Reid. He's he's very lovable. You got to yeah. love him. But literally. Yeah, I just think at this point you're not even you're not even top talent on the free agent market. No. So it's tough because if you were worth the money you're asking for and if you were worth the time and investment that teams have to spend to please you, make you happy, get you game ready, all of these things that go into taking on someone like Le'Veon Bell, then I think they would have made that, right? Like exactly. they would have made that leap. There's a lot of teams that could use someone like him, but there's not, there, there's a disconnect between 
the market that he thinks is out there for him and the market that is out there for him. Yep. And I don't know. So another comment, do we think that Le'Veon Bell thought he would have a bigger role in Kansas City? And I think he wants to have a big role anywhere. I think he wants to be the guy and I don't necessarily view him as a great team player. So I think that's going to lead to a lot of issues because and he, he really hasn't given us any reason to think that he can be the guy. No. He's not someone I put all my faith in. He's someone, minus all the drama, he's someone that I would appreciate on my roster for death, absolutely. But he's not someone that I want to make my RB1. He has outstayed his welcome as a top player in the league, yes. right? So again, he's given his history his age, his tenure, the things that have happened at the places he's gone, his production, you're not going to see him go somewhere and be the guy. He's just not going to be the number one guy. And so like, until he accepts that, you're never going to be able to work him into a system where he's productive, where he's, you know, got a great attitude, happy to be there, a great teammate. In my opinion, I just don't see that happening. I really think that he is a guy that he wants the spotlight on him. I think a lot of players in the league do, and a lot of players deserve that. I think everyone deserves that, right? If you're in the league, you're a very fraction of a percentage point of the population of athletes, right? Agreed. You're very talented. You come with a lot of baggage and you yeah. and you are not as talented as a lot of the guys in this league anymore. And that's not to throw shade. It's just you have to understand your role on a team. Yeah. And I don't think he understands that. So yeah, I do think that he thought he would have a bigger role. And I think maybe that's why he spoke out. I think maybe they just don't get along and their styles are different. But again, it's just hard. It's hard to assume that things are how he say, says they yeah, are. I agree. So, and this honestly, um, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. This kind of reminds me of Antonio. The difference between Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown is filled with problems. Drama on the field with organizations off the field in his personal yeah. life. Drama yeah. follows him because that's how he is. However, when it comes to playing, he knows how to get in game mode and he steps up on the field. He might not be your number one guy, but when you need him, you can rely on him. And that yeah. is why I think he is able to work in and I also think a lot goes into that his relationship with Tom Brady Bruce Arians like I think they can work with him and I think they control him well so who knows maybe if Le'Veon Bell gets with the right team and coaches it can work but I just think there seems to be a difference in them I think Antonio Brown wants it to work I think he understands his role and he knows I love the game and I just want to play and I just want to be out there and help out a team Le'Veon Bell I think is very selfish and he just wants to be the star and he isn't the right. star anymore so I can't believe I'm even talking this highly about Antonio Brown right now but I think that's the <laughs> difference between the two of them yeah, yeah. You can only speak that highly of Antonio Brown when you're it's like a direct comparison to someone who's a bigger pain who's in the ass. A little bit worse. So, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> in some ways, right? Um yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, who should sign Adrian Peterson? Now this this can get interesting. Now that's Adrian Peterson, I feel like the guy that needs to go on a, a young team where he adds depth and they're like basically ready. Um, yeah. Bills. The only thing problem with the bills, there's a lot of 
guys that the Bills could use, Bills are just like out of money. Yeah. Yeah. And and for good reason. They've got a great roster. They've got yeah, great potential. They're they're, they should be a huge player in this playoff picture this season. But yeah, I mean, look, he's 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 36 years old. It's fine. It's he's not he's not so far up there that you couldn't see him on a team. It's just tough because it's um again, you're just you're not going to see him add a lot on the field. Off the field, it, I think this is probably one of the best guys you can have in your locker room. Ever. Yep. So it it it's who's got extra money to spend? That's the question you're asking. Who's got who's got some money that they kind of want to just have fun with? Who needs a little more of a veteran presence and is willing to put money behind that? I also don't think that he's as big of a diva when it comes to like looking just for a big paycheck. I think he yeah. really is willing to play that role in a team, and we saw him do that, right? Like he did that exact thing in Detroit, and that makes sense. Yeah. And and they needed somebody, and they needed him to be a little more productive, just given their situation on offense and their as a team in general. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So I love him. I would like to see him land somewhere. But you know what would be cool if him another name on here that's kind of in that same situation. Injuries play more of a part with this. Todd Gurley is still a free agent. Mm, um, yeah. I think if either one of them. And, and I, I feel like I send everybody here just because I love this team. But if either one of them ended up on the Chargers, Austin Eckler is obviously their clear number one. There's no real question about that. But it's kind of that same thing. Get another veteran in there, add depth. I, I think I would like to see either of those guys there just because that's one of those teams where it's all feel-good vibes. They're I put Chargers in the Super Bowl conversation. I say they're dark horse contenders at definitely playoffs with yeah. new coaching Justin Herbert. Like there's so much good happening there that I think that would be a really good place for a veteran running back to kind of fall. Because like I said, they have their young, their star RB1, but then to have a vet behind him, I think would work very well. Yeah. There's, I, I'm looking at this list. Most of these guys really just are like, they're just guys that are going to go in and not be the number one guy, right? Like they're yeah. going to, they're going to give a little something, but they're not going to be, and you look at this list, right? And like even young guys, like I'm like, I guess Kenny Stills is not like that young, but in now, the realm I was of just going to get to him and yeah, in the realm of free agents and these, this whole list we're looking at of people who still aren't signed to a team. He's one of the guys that is going to make a bigger impact than probably others on this list. You know where he needs to go? The freaking Lions. I would love that. Yeah, I would love they, that. I am a, a little nervous for them. Very nervous, actually. And not that, like, you can ever not be nervous with the Lions because, I mean, they're the Lions. But they're wide receiver. You bring in Jared Goff, who we know, Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that really love him. Not really sold. Um, yeah. And when your wide receiver room is looking uh, the way that it does for Detroit, it's a little concerning. And I think Kenny Stills isn't a young guy. He's 29, but I still think he'll be able to produce. Right now, their number one and two guys are Ty Tyrell Williams and Rashad Perryman. Not knocking or throwing shade at either of them, but it's just not big names that I really like you bring in this quarterback and you don't really have any studs for him to throw to. I mean, Williams is a great vet, 
Rashad Perryman's good, but I still think they need someone extra. And I think Kenny Stills would be a really good fit here. Yeah. I could agree with that. I think the the whole thing about Jared Goff, I'm also not sold. I'll say that. Yeah. But you can't set him up for failure either, right? Because you've committed to him as your quarterback. You've you've done this, right? And I get it. Look, you weren't getting where you wanted to be with Matthew Stafford. So you made that trade. It seem it's seemingly for the best, but at the same time, they what they're doing is they're tanking slowly. They want to rebuild this team over time, but they don't want to commit to fully just like torching the entire thing and then rebuilding it. You know, being able to start that process earlier because they want their players to still show up mentally and physically. They still want their fans to show up in stadium. They all they want all these things to be like, look, we got a great quarterback and we're trying to work this out and like we're going to be better. But what they're doing is tanking. It's just going to be a longer process. So I, you've committed to this guy for at least another couple of years, right? Like, And that's just where I see this going. And if you're not going to put weapons around him and you're not going to give him an opportunity to be successful there, I am. it, it, it is unfortunate. I don't love Jared Goff. I'm, I'm not like ever really rooting for him. But at the same time, I do want, if he's going to be the guy and all eyes on him, like at least put something around him. So I could really see that happening. There's a lot of guys on this list that I could see at least going to the lions and providing some support, whether it's an O-line fit or offensive weapons fit for Jared Goff. But yeah, Danny Amendola, they didn't sign him and he's still available and not that he's 35. So it's not like Danny Amendola is going to come out and be your receiver. But like they let, everybody just kind of fade out and it just feels weird to me and i know they are tanking you're right and it's yeah. it's slow and it's painful but like at least at least be honest about it and the thing with me i'm not sold on jared goff i don't trust him but i was so shocked that the rams were so unhappy with him because i felt like the system that they had was working they got to the super bowl he is not going to there's just no spark to Jared Goff, but when you have that strong of a defense and you have you do have studs on offense, that's why I think Matt Stafford's going to go in and be really good there. I just felt like they had a great system that was working. Now they they decided to go a different direction. They went and got Matt Stafford, and now the Lions got Jared Goff, and it just it seems like he's like you said being set up to fail because there's not. I mean, he has T.J. Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. And that's really the most exciting part about it. Yeah. I I think, and I could go either way. I could be swayed either way. If you put Jared Goff and Sean McVay on both sides of me, <laughs> I could be convinced either way. Because I do think when you look at what Sean McVay can do as a whole, right, with this entire team and what his staff has been able to do, adjusting the different players and making systems that fit. He's really not a guy who comes in and says, this is my system and you have to fit it as a player. He really works to the strengths yeah. and weaknesses of every single guy in his roster, especially offensively when it comes he's to a brilliant coach. He's I a brilliant will. coach. Yeah. He's fantastic at what he does. And we saw that when, you know, golf was out. We saw that with um, John Wolford who, you know, set up in probably the worst possible position because you're yeah. going against a really tough defense. You're facing a team that, no one wants to face as a rookie. Like, I don't want to say 
rookie, but a very green quarterback that really hasn't gotten a lot of play time. So what he was able to scheme up in that short amount of time for John Wolford is really impressive. And it made him look very good. And I personally, like John Wolford went to my high school. I know he's very good. He's fantastic. But at the same time, like any quarterback in that situation with not a lot of NFL experience is going to come out and look wild. So like the fact that Sean McVay was able to make this kid look really, really good on the NFL stage against a really tough team and a tough defense is a, a crazy thing. And so that just tells you how incredible he is. And I think you're right. I think Jared Goff lacks that spark. And there's something in Matthew Stafford that maybe is there and was untapped in Detroit that they can unlock in LA. But it it does concern me because again, like you know, I I wish the best for Matthew Stafford. I hope he's as good as everyone thinks he is, right? And we've seen crazy things, athletic ability, but can he translate a crazy arm and ability to a system that works consistently and provides results in wins and appearances in the postseason? I don't know, but and I don't think anyone knows. We hope that, but if if they're able to turn Matthew Stafford around. That I will be, I mean, Sean McVay is a genius. If that's the yes, case. like there's nothing else you can say about him because it's it that's wild. Wild. And if they get back to the Super Bowl, they have to score uh, more than three points. I honestly, oh, I honestly, I struggle because I'm like, do I even want them to go back? I was burned so yeah. bad the last time. I don't even know if I want them to make it back. But at the same time, like they, they've got so many great things going for them there. So I would like them to see, I, I would like them to see some success from it. But is there anyone else on this list that you notice? I mean, there's some, there's some names, right? There's a Russell yeah. Okun, and there's it, a Gino Atkins, but. I think it was kind of like what we're saying. Like it just feels weird because I feel like all of the names on here, Quan Alexander, Duke Johnson. Yeah. I mean, Jason Peters for us, Alshon Jeffrey's still on here. Golden Tate. Like they feel like big names because we are used to seeing them and we know on their best day, what they're capable of. It, they're just not the kind of guys that are going to come in and change an organization or be the guys that take your team to the next level. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's like weird to imagine them not on the team or not on a team, I should say. Um, but at the same time, I kind of understand, especially 2020 was a very tough year on everybody. Right. And I know in the next year or two, cap space is going up. Like everyone's going to have yeah. a lot more money to spend. But right now, things are really tight. And I think this year was so weird. I think people are scared to kind of just go out and spend money on moves that they're not 100% certain on. I think any other season, pandemic never happens. All of these guys or I would say 80% of these guys would be somewhere. Yeah. But I feel like everyone's super hesitant right now to take a risk. Like, especially Golden Tate, good receiver, hopped around, Eagles, Giants, never really did, especially on the Eagles, did right. relatively nothing for us. Did a little bit more for the Giants, had a spark here and there, but nothing consistent. Alshon Jeffrey, same thing. So it's just, I, I kind of understand why teams don't really want to go out of their way spend money that might just get flushed down the toilet for guys that aren't necessarily going to help them in a big way if anything 
I say you go for the older guys that have been there longer because that's the guys that, especially on young teams, that's the guys that are going to help mentor these young guys, be the ones to help bring them up and kind of make more of a difference, even if it's not actually in the game on the field. Their presence is going to help long term. So I think that's what people should be going for right now. Yeah, and and you brought up Quan Alexander, which I think is the perfect example of this whole situation because he's a guy that, like you said, at his best moments, had really great flashes in New Orleans mm-hmm. last year and and really showed what he was capable of, especially as they got later down in the season and they they needed that spark defensively and really a victim of cap space because we know what the Saints I, were I dealing was just with. Say that. Yes, we know what the Saints were dealing with. We know yeah. how many people they had to cut from this roster. And this one made sense when you look at other people they have playing on their defense. Total sense, right? Now, he's a surprising one because you would think that he's really underrated, I think, in a lot of ways. And so you would think that people would spend that money and pick him up. And it's hard because I really do feel like there's a lot of defensive players across the league that haven't really gotten picked up and haven't been a lot of teams haven't invested defensively in the way that I thought they would, especially after last season where we saw defense really just be torn apart because offense really dominated 2020. And that was probably just due to a lot of injuries and things that were out of our control and a lot of, you know, practice situations and the way that the 2020 season unfolded. But you would just think that there would be more of an investment defensively going into 2021, and there just isn't, right? Like, yeah. And that's what surprises me the most, and I think. defenses win championships, and we saw that. For yeah. example, this, literally this Super Bowl, yes. yeah. the Buccaneers do not make the Super Bowl if it wasn't for their defense. They don't make it past... <laughs> they don't make it past the first playoff game. I mean, come on. Like, let's just no, say... They would have lost to Washington. Correct. Correct. Like their, their <laughs> offense was not really firing until like they had time to kind of mess around in the Super Bowl. But like their defense did nothing all, all regular season, right? Like that was their weak link was their secondary all regular season. All of a sudden you get to postseason. Their defense is the only thing keeping them in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I think, I think, yeah, I think the whole league is a, as a league it's become very offensive focused. It, it has. We've, it's been big because plays. It's flashy and it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yes. I get it. Defense teams that come out with a solid defense and a solid offense and a well-balanced scheme are going to dominate this league next year, because now you have training camp, you have proper preparation. You have people that are going to be more healthy. You have all of these factors getting back to a little bit of what's normal so this isn't an asterisk season this is a full nfl no excuses season and the teams that invest on both sides of the ball are going to really thrive and so i'm interested to see where these people land closer to camp but yeah it is wild to see how many people are on this list and i think it just comes down to like you said having a limited amount of money the cap space is going to be significantly different next year but this year is still really lean and limited on what they're able to spend. So it is kind of, we're going to see who's worth the money and who's not in the eyes of the owners. That is. And I think it's time teams. We kind of get back. I think everyone has to take a step back and kind of remember the fundamentals of everything. Everybody has gotten very impatient. They want flashy. They want exciting and they want it right now 
And, and we have to remember, and we have to actually take a look. This isn't t- like, this is history literally playing itself. When you kind of take a step back, you, pu- you put in your defense, you pay your veterans, you, you build in the right way. That is what's going to take you to the end. The teams that get, get I mean, I guess the chiefs, but still the chiefs still did it. They're flashy and they're exciting, but they've done it. Their defense struggled, but then, ah, I don't know. Maybe the chiefs are an outlier. I'm like trying to defend them and like work them into my situation, but for yeah. they still fit. They still have yes. Andy Reid. They are still coached very well. They're still, it's not, it's everyone working together to make everything happen. And I think the more you kind of get to just the bills are doing everything right. The Packers are doing everything wrong and you see how everything is crumbling. Like everyone just needs to kind of take a step back and look at everything calmly before jumping to everything and just immediately wanting results. The second you kind of conjure them um, cause it's not going to work and it's just going to, everything's going to blow up in our faces. Yeah. I think the chiefs, they, they do. Right. But you look at the flashiness of the chiefs and it's because of the players, right? Like they have these monster, like freak of nature players and athletes on their roster that like, they make everything look flashy, right? Like you're not going to Tyreek Hill always looks flashy. Travis Kelsey always looks flashy. Right. So those guys make sense because they're always going to look like that because of the type of athletes they are. But they still have fundamentals and they stick to them and they really know where to invest. And they they do a pretty good job last year. I think obviously injuries kind of killed them near the end. But but yeah, I don't know. It's We're going to see because this is going to be very interesting. A lot of new people in new uniforms, a lot of new approaches to how you build a roster. And then a lot of people really sticking to like old school, traditional, like this is how we've always done it here. And I'm interested to see this unfold. This is going to be, I think, one of the more interesting seasons that yeah. we've seen in a while, just because the, obviously the rookie class is incredible. But then on top of that, just so many people moving around a lot of these, like what feel like super teams coming out of the woodworks, which is kind of fun. So what team are you most nervous for? The bills. Really? The bills. I, I'm, the, I'm the most nervous for the bills and I don't know why, but I just feel like, it has nothing to do with their ability, right? They've they've yeah. they've done everything the right way. Like they've built it the right way. They have the right players, the right culture. They've got everything to be excited about. I there's just something, and I love Bills fans, right? But there's just something in my heart that just like they they never get what they deserve, right? Like they never get it. And it just is tough because I want them to have it so bad, but they're still it just feels like they're cursed, and I want the curse to be lifted. But there's just something mentally where I'm like, can it be? Like, can they, can they break past? Like, will it? Is it too good to be true? Will it ever be their time? Because I think if you throw that team in a lot of other seasons and situations, they're Super Bowl champions, easy. But will it ever be their time with the team that they've constructed right now? Will it ever be their time to get a Super Bowl, right? Or will or will this go on for a couple more years with them like not quite getting there, and then you know their team has injuries or free agents or just contract situations that don't keep them together. And then we see a downfall and I do not want that to happen. So I'm not trying to speak that into existence, but I really, I'm really nervous because I like them a lot. I want them to be great and they have all the pieces. Now I just want, 
I want it to be executed like every single week. Cause I think even last season we saw some weeks where it just wasn't like you, you don't know who that team is because mm-hmm. what they have and what we've seen from them before, you don't understand how they're getting beat by teams where, where they shouldn't get beat by teams. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it was just unfortunate that they kind of got stuck in the division with the Patriots in yeah. Tom Brady's time when they were just absolutely dominating and taking over everything. It just, it makes things more difficult because now you kind of, you lose your chance to win your division over and over again. Yep. And then it just gets harder, especially because the playoff structure was just expanded. Like imagine if the playoff structure was expanded five, six, eight years earlier. I think the Bills would have had a better chance then. But yeah, no, it's tough. I think I'm super nervous for the Ravens mm. just because one, I am so sick of the Lamar Jackson slander. I hate it. I hate it. It triggers me like to to know I will literally I remember I was at a bar one time and this was the year I think it was week seven. It was middle of winter. I'm at a bar. His MVP season. Someone is arguing me. This guy is yelling in my face because I'm like Lamar Jackson's incredible. He's like he is gonna cap out. Da, da, da. And I was like, this is his MVP season. I remember week seven. He was like, it's only week seven. Da, da, da. There is no way. And I was like, I'm telling you right now. And that happened, but they didn't get the playoff run that they deserved. This year, they just didn't have that spark that mm-hmm. were we saw them have the year before and. Lamar got his first playoff win, which I think he desperately needed. But, like, they didn't get to make that run. And I think they barely even made the playoffs, which was scary. So I want them to come out this season. And I'm nervous because they do still have some holes. They're not a fully complete team. They have pieces. But I, I just want Lamar to be able to shine in the way that I know he can. Um, and kind of prove everybody wrong. And, and I want them to have a real chance at going all the way because I think they are they are a contender. And I, I will yeah. die on that hill. I there he is so there's so much to love about him. And I think you're yeah. right. Look, first of all, if we made an episode about all of the times guys yelled in our faces about something that we ended up being right about, I think the episode would be a hundred hours long. Yeah, no, it would never end. So <laughs> Um, we won't even go there, but it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun season. There's a lot of teams that I think are on the cusp of, like we said, they deserve this. They've worked for this. They've built this and they're not going to get to see it through. And so it's just, who are those teams? But I also think that there's, I'm feeling some surprises. Like I, I really am because there's a lot of teams with a lot of mix it. Like the Cardinals are a toss, right? Like we have no idea how those players are going to work together, how that scheme is going to look, what that team is going to look like on any given Sunday. We have no clue. So it's a lot, it's going to be a fun season because I do think that nothing is going to be as we expect it to be, which, you know, if that's any indication, I'd like a new Super Bowl champion this year and I'll just leave it at that. Nothing against the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs so, so much, but I'm just ready for let them go to the AFC Championship. Like, let yeah. them go that far. I don't care. I would just like to see some new people. In the I don't Super want Bowl. a Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl again. I don't no. want it. I'm not interested. Not interested. I, I'd prefer if neither of those teams were there. Sorry. Don't want to see it. Don't want to see it. Don't no, see I, it. I really don't want to. And I bet it would be great. 
Because there's all this storylines leading up to it. And, like, imagine now Tom Brady has beat Patrick Mahomes in one Super Bowl. Imagine if now Patrick Mahomes comes and beats Brady. And now it's going to be a whole who is actually going to be the greatest of all time. Like, there's so much that could be really cool about it. Yep. I just don't care. I don't care. No, I don't want it. Don't care. I'm over it. I don't. I, I don't need to see it. It's kind of like those Netflix shows where you watch a season. You're like, this is okay. I could watch this. And yeah. then you just stop watching it after the first season. Are, and there's are you like, watching at Outer Banks right now? Do you, did you watch Outer Banks? Yeah, I did. Do you like I Outer haven't, Banks? I haven't watched. I watched the first season. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you going to watch the second one? Probably. Okay. Probably. All right. I like it. I like it. There's <laughs> there's a lot of shows on Netflix that have like a few seasons. I hate getting attached to Netflix shows that don't have more than one season and it sucks because all these great shows have come out like i did that with outer banks obviously like sex life is the one that i recently watched that i really love i heard that i have to watch that you have to watch it so first of all i've already watched it twice and it's annoying because i'm at the point where i'm like why did i watch this already because i i shouldn't be allowed to watch shows that only have one season and just started and now i have to wait an entire year to see another season i can't do that i i get personally emotionally invested in shows so it's a thing but that's how i feel my personality exactly oh (laughs) i i'm i'm like i'm that character for a solid six months whoever it is that's who i am now like don't address me as anything i used to be um my old self i'm now that character so it is um yeah i mean that's how i feel about a lot of things but i think we are going to get a a big switch up in the nfl this season i think there's there's too many teams that added too many pieces that are on the come up trajectory. And I, I'm happy for that. I'm excited. Yeah. Cardinals, Dolphins, Super Bowl. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. We love a dolphin. We I would, it. when I tell you I would cry tears <laughs> it, when, I'm not even going to say if, when they make the playoffs this year. Yes. Yes. I am going to be the happiest person ever. There, I was like, I was more sad. Um, that the Dolphins didn't make the playoffs than I was at how the Eagles season ended up because I expected the Eagles to not be great. Like I, I yeah, knew yeah. that where it was going, but I want so many big things for the Dolphins because they deserve it. Oh, we I should love go to them. a game. We should go to we a game. Should. I'm gonna to I'm gonna fly down to Florida. Yeah, and we're gonna go to a, ooh Dolphins play the Colts. We should go see Dolphins play Carson Wentz. Yes, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right, look. All right, let's yeah. do it. All right. Okay. We're, we're going to do it. <laughs> Anything else before we get out of here on a Saturday? I actually, I dig this Saturday morning kind of thing. We had good engagement, good questions. I'm not, I'm, I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. Maybe, maybe we can plan something for the season, like a little yeah. pre-Sunday thing. It's yeah. fun. I mean, I'm on my second soda and it's not even noon. I don't know if that's concerning <laughs> or not. I um, consume Topo Chico as if I'm sponsored, but I'm not. I just spend all my money on it. So what? What is that? Is it tea or is it coffee? Sparkling water, Topo oh, Chico. I'm I've seen it everywhere lately, and I'm like I've single handedly resurrected this brand from the ashes. So you're welcome. Please sponsor me. Um, yeah, I love that. I also have. I don't know if you can see it over here. That is not a Pepsi can. That is a candle into an old and it smells like pepsi if i like i have a problem i love that for you although we could never get both of these sponsors on the show because i learned recently that tobo chico is a coke product which is (sighs) quite surprising but 
because it's like nowhere oh, on the bottle. No. Yeah, it's kind of wild. But you like cherry coke. I love cherry coke. I like coke. I like Coke Zero. Are you I, a Coke all, person more than a Pepsi person? Yeah, all of their Zero products. Yeah. I love. So no, that's fine, I guess. It's regional. I'm convinced it's a regional thing. All right. No, so. a lot of people here like Coke. Oh, really? I'm kind of an outlier. That makes sense. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand your taste buds, but it's fine. There's there are things that are Pepsi products that I love. Uh, it's it's frustrating because I love Pepsi definitely more than Coke, but mm -hmm. I like like Coke products other yeah, than yeah. Like, like a Sprite. Like, I like Sprite. Like mm -hmm. Pepsi has Mountain Dew, and yep. the only people that drink Mountain Dew are guys named Kyle that wear like Cookie Monster pajama Correct. pants. Correct. It's look that sounds very personal, and like you're attacking <laughs> someone very specific, and I really hope so because that's a lot of fun. But um, but yeah, no, like I you couldn't pay me to drink a Mountain Dew. Like no. you, you could not pay. There's no amount of money I would drink a Mountain Dew for. No, I feel like, like oh, there are guys. Are we like I have Pepsi products at work at my bar. So there, like, are grown men that will come in and be like, "Yeah, I'll have a Mountain Dew," and I'm, I literally look at them and I'm like, "Why?" Like I, 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 I don't trust you. No, I'm good. No. Like, yeah, not as a as a fully formed adult drinking Mountain Dew, I can't support it. So. On that note, on that note, that we'll note wrap. Yeah. we just attacked like some sort of population that yeah, exists. I'm, I'm just sorry. not sure. It's nothing personal. It's it, it kind of is, but I know. <laughs> but all right, we will catch you guys <laughs> on Wednesday. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter onside chicks pod, Instagram onside chicks. Make sure to subscribe. YouTube, Twitch, Apple, Spotify. I think Apple and Spotify are like follow, not subscribe anymore. But whatever it is, rate, review, subscribe, yeah. slash follow. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.